Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenna McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer, um... Person who socks wearer, socks wearer, person who makes coconut oil explode everywhere. Oh, man, I'm awesome like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did a little science uh, experiment science. yesterday, yeah. and uh, I have third degree burns now. It's huh? <laughs> fine. It's a good thing I like coconut oil because it covers the entire kitchen. Mm-hmm. And uh, now you can just throw some chicken up against the wall uh-huh. when it's hot, and, and it'll cook. And it'll cook up nicely. All right. We also have with us little hottie patati Will Schmidt today, who's looking nice and tan. Oh, have you been tanning or what? Uh, no. I went to the beach over the weekend. Okay, yeah. okay. He goes to the ba- beach and he gets all dark, yeah. and I could like stay at the beach for a year, and I would just turn into a big freckle. Yeah, one freckle. One mm-hmm. Maybe they'll all connect though, and then I'll look dark. <laughs> um. So if you haven't already followed us, then what is the difficulty you need to follow? Us? That's an old word, an that old was, Texas word. That was the word, word of the day last, last week. It was. I think so. I'm, I'm using that word a lot. I guess. <laughs> or did you get word of the day toilet paper, and that's the different one? Okay. I just can't remember. Okay. Uh, <laughs> actually, the word of the day could be coconut oil. It could. Yeah. Okay. Or explosion. Explosion, exactly. Um, so as long as the explosion isn't in my pants, then I don't care. <laughs> yeah, we can move on. Uh, yeah. So go ahead and follow us right now on uh, Facebook at Kick It in the Nuts. We'll post topics that you will be d- doing on future shows, and you guys can post any questions you want us to cover in that show, and then we'll uh, we'll cover it if we can. So we had we found out some big news uh, yesterday. One of the stars of our upcoming documentary, Why Am I So Fat, mm-hmm. just got named as one of the new trainers on The Biggest Loser. Cool. So by the time the movie comes out, everybody will know her, and then maybe accidentally everybody's going to want to see the movie. Yeah, oh, by the time the movie comes out. <laughs> it's been, what, 12 years? Maybe 17, until, yeah, 17 years. I, I was four when we started. <laughs> right, so. right. You only weighed eight pounds. Yeah. Then. I had to put on weight for the role. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're dedicated. Mm-hmm. You're like Tom Hanks. Exactly. Today, all of our listeners can get a free audiobook from audible.com. Just go to kickitinthenuts.com forward slash audiobook for more details. And I also got a pay raise of $1 million. Oh, wow. Wait, a, good a, a job. Moving on up. I know. I feel like we What'd y'all get? I got <laughs> a theme. They gave me a theme song. Oh, that's sweet. Well, since mm. I'm the most hated. <laughs> I had to keep the villain in. Uh-huh. So today we're talking about what are we talking about? We're talking about eating disorders. This uh-huh. is a a touchy subject with a lot of people. It is, and it's a serious subject for a lot of people. And people deal with a lot of issues. And there's you know there's a lot of variety. There's different types of eating disorders. Mm-hmm. You can pick and choose from which one Whichever you experience one you want. the most. Yeah, potluck. Um. But basically, we'll we'll talk, and we will get to the the binge eating uh, eating disorder because that's a classification. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have bit. a whole episode on binging. Yeah, so we'll do that one a little later because we, uh, if you want to hear more about that particular eating disorder, we have a whole episode on cravings and binge eating. That's my favorite because it doesn't favorite? require starving. <laughs> right. So I like that you disorder. Can just go right that disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can find that on iTunes. Search for Kick It Naturally, and. Uh, but let's talk first a little more about the anorexia and the the bulimia. Well, I have a question right off the bat. I have a feeling it may be what you're going to talk about. But are these in your head or does physiology play a role? They're in your head. No. I don't think anything is in your head. Like people are told a lot of times, oh, your that's brain? in your head. Your no, my brain is not in my head. Oh, but, it's in your pants. Uh, yeah, that's why I keep it. It's in my pants. <laughs> um, but I don't – I just don't – the way that I view things and the way that we see with clients and people reading books and stuff is that, you know, what's going on with your brain is affected by your physiology. Now, that doesn't mean that life can't play a role. I think that, especially with eating disorders, there can be 
life experiences that have contributed to this. You know, there could be traumas in childhood or, you know, whatever kind of stuff. But the advice that's out there for eating disorders is not great. And it's pretty vague. And it's pretty, I mean, the the summary of it is, sorry about your luck. Sit and talk to somebody for an hour every day for the next 15 years and see what you figure out. Yeah, I, you know, I tried OA for a while, tried all the A's. All the know, A's. I went to, I just, you know, hit every A out there. Triple A, you exactly. got towed and that got didn't towed. help. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I tried it for a while and I thought, you know, they were going to make me write down what was my food, my trigger food, and then I could never have it again. Oh. And that's kind of like, you know, abstaining from alcohol and drugs. You could never, like, your if I said favorite pizza. cocktail. Yeah, like, if, if <laughs> pizza was my food, I could never have pizza again. If I wow. ate pizza, that was considered a relapse. Wow. So I just kind of, and then, you know, you have to deal with the sponsor every single day, checking in and all that. It was just too much work. That was, that was like a full-time job for yeah. you? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it wouldn't help somebody. Somebody, exactly. Cert- it certainly would. And, you know... Taking steps and being aware and all those things are great things. They're very helpful. Um, even getting counseling or seeing a psychologist or, or whatever uh, are all beneficial steps that could help for some people. We're but not I, saying. Yeah. I, but I think that like if you go to therapy and stuff, you should have like a cutoff point because if you just keep going in there and talking about the same thing over and over and the same problem, it's just going to keep creating that problem. For, for me. For what I believe, I, yeah. I agree with that. Um, I think Will would probably agree with that too. So nobody's gonna punch each other in the face about this. Mm, we're all, we're okay so. with everything. I think it's just yeah, staying good. in the problem. But yeah. uh, but the problem is is that these are really the only options that are out there for people. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna talk about something very different that you may have not heard before, but it may accidentally make a lot of sense to you. And then if you take some steps to look at where your body is. Um, you might see that what we're saying applies to you and you might be able to do some stuff about it. So one thing we want to look at is um, let's talk a little bit about anorexia first. And that's the one where, hey, I'm, I'm not going to eat anything because I'm, I'm too fat to me and I want to be skinny. Uh, so when people view this as an outsider, they're like, well, you don't look good. You know, you look like a POW, basically, mm-hmm. and it's not attractive, so why are you doing that to yourself? And the way that I like to picture this that kind of helps people understand it a little bit is if we look at a paranoid schizophrenic, um, that's something from the outside that doesn't make much sense either. But, I mean, to sum it up, a lot of paranoid schizophrenics are everybody's trying to kill me. And, you know, when you look at that person from the outside or you talk to them, you say, well, I don't, I don't think everybody's trying to kill you. I don't think everybody's after you. And it may not be they're trying to kill you, but they're just that everything is against me and people are after me. They're following me, whatever it is. Um, but to that person, it doesn't make any sense. And we've talked about in other issues like the depression and, and ADD and stuff like that, that in order for the brain to function correctly, um, it needs nutrients and it needs fuel to run just like a toaster needs fuel. It needs energy to, to run. Um, so when a person is not getting the fuel they need to their brain for one reason or another, it's not going to work optimally. And a lot of times with these other issues like the depression, a lot of times when the brain is, doesn't have the fuel that it needs, it just goes to gloom and doom. It goes to the worst case scenario uh, that it can come up with, like I'm really fat or everybody's trying to kill me or I'm just, you know, sad. Um, my life is worthless. So, Will, can you talk a little bit about um, why somebody may not get the either the fuel or the electrical current needed for the brain to function correctly? And then we'll talk a little bit about how this can apply to eating disorders. Yeah, I think we'd both agree that usually the foundation of why people would be short on fuel, even if they are eating, is when their digestion is weak, when something's off in it. If your stomach acid isn't strong, if your bile isn't flowing, if you don't have both of those going, you're going to miss out on most of the nutrition from your food. And also, if you don't have good stomach acid, protein isn't a usable resource. And if you don't have good bile flow, then fats aren't a usable resource. So then you're only left really with carbs 
to run the whole show. Right. And that's a very unstable energy source. So you get fluctuations of like available fuel and then none. Available fuel, like this roller coaster. And along with that, your blood pressure and blood sugar and mental stability and emotional stability all like go up and down, right? Along with that. Right. That bell curve. Right. And if those nutrients aren't there to fuel the brain, um, the odds are great that the minerals won't be there too. And the minerals are, are kind of how the electrical signals in the body travel from the body to the brain, the brain back to the body. And if there's not enough mineral there, messages just don't travel as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it can result in a lot of different mental issues, and that's going to be different for every person. But like, you know, for a paranoid schizophrenic, which is the perfect example, I mean, they could be in the grocery store and they'll put grapes in their grocery cart. And if you come up after that and you put grapes in your grocery cart, to that person, you're trying to kill them and you're following them and that's going to be in their head. And, and you could say to them, Hey, I'm, I'm not trying to kill you. I was just, I was just picking up some grapes, <laughs> but that's not going to make sense to them because they're in that state of, of they've found, uh, they're benefiting some way from going to that, the worst case scenario and they live in that place. And um, it's usually a, a situation of fear or what their biggest fear becomes magnified is basically what happens. Uh, and it sounds like Stephen King's movies. It is. Yeah. It is just like a Stephen King movie. Um, Grapes. Except, <laughs> yeah, usually <laughs> nobody bashes your ankles together <laughs> with a wooden plank. Oh, misery. Which one was that? Yeah, yeah misery. I love that one. Good times. Good times for all. Um, but, you know, so... A lot of the solutions that are out there are like, hey, why don't you come have, you know, treatment, what they'll call it, and you just have counseling and you talk about why that person wasn't trying to kill you because uh, they were getting grapes. But to the person, it, it doesn't make sense. And so if someone's biggest fear is, I don't want to get fat, I don't want to be fat, I don't want to be overweight, all the magazines show that I, I need to be skinny or that kid at school made fun of that other girl that was fat. I don't want to be in that position. If that's a person's biggest fear, doesn't it make sense that their reality could be similar to a paranoid schizophrenic, but instead of feeling like everybody's after you or against you, your biggest fear is, I don't want to lose weight. So it makes sense to you not to eat. It it makes sense to you that no matter what you look like, you need to be skinnier. And... um for a lot of people in this situation, no amount of talking about it seems to help. And what we see happen a lot is that instead of learning, oh, I am too skinny, this is not healthy, um, I can't eat more and, and be beautiful, they learn what to say to sound like they're on board mm. with what they're being counseled through. And they learn the conversation and they learn the right you know, script, basically. So, like, body dysmorphia, where somebody looks in the mirror and they see somebody who's fat and they're not, that is because we're, well, it could be because we're not getting the right minerals and somewhere in our brain it went haywire, like the whole going to the worst-case scenario. So they actually see somebody who looks fat, like something's getting screwed up there because they don't have the minerals or the, the, the signals don't travel like they're supposed to or... Right. It's the same way, like, uh, you know, people look at depression and they're like, well, why don't you just not be depressed? Mm-hmm. You know, why don't you just be happy instead? Cause life is fun. Pharrell and, says to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, live your life in a song. Why don't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't translate because the brain is not working optimally enough to feel that joy, to experience it. Um, it just seems that, when the resources are too low or something's not functioning right, that we go to the gloom and doom. So, um, it, I just don't feel that, that even though talking or that kind of counseling can be an important factor of it, um, I see that it's very rare where it's going to fix something. Yeah. Like it seems like if you were brought up in a household where somebody, your mom or somebody was constantly, you're fat, you're this, or doing things like that, of course you'd have some <coughs> mental baggage that you could work out or whatever. But mm-hmm. if you got the everything working in your body right, then you would finally be able to go, hey, you know, that's really not true. Or you'd be able to see that maybe yeah, more. I think the, well, here's what I, how I view it. And, and don't view those life experiences of your mom telling you you're fat or whatever as that they don't count. They 
they counted. They got you to where you are. You know, that was part of that whole formula. But I think what happens is as humans, we're kind of badass. We're kind of awesome. Like we're very resilient and we have the ability to rationalize things and, um, make them in our life in a way that's, oh, you know, that's not so bad. I can, I can deal with that. I can move past that. But if you don't have the resources to, uh, rationalize things, then a lot of those things become a 10 on a scale of one to 10. But if you can get the fuel to your brain and allow signals to travel correctly, that doesn't mean those problems are gone, but maybe you have the ability to deal with it as a human and it goes from a 10 down to a four. Yeah. And, and maybe it's not all candy and ice cream at that point or sheets and ladders. Yeah. Sheets and ladders is what I was looking for. Yeah. I don't know what that is. And, but, uh, candy cane. yeah, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, maybe everything isn't great. But it's to the point where you can deal with it and it's not de- going to debilitate you. Yeah. I think um, one of the ways we can see people get stuck, and I think this is largely what you're talking about, of how usually couch therapy isn't enough to pull someone out of it, is people can get into these eating disorders and undernourishing because they uh, are trying to fit some ideal or they've been, like you said, like traumatized right. with some experience. And they may like realize, okay, I don't want to do this anymore, but not really be able to get out of it because their body chemistry at that point is so off that they can't feel good because their body's constantly undernourished and anxious and depressed. And a big problem that they get stuck in is when you're so depleted and like lacking in resources, you're really not good at digesting stuff anymore. Right. So when you try to start eating foods that would nourish you and give you more resources and stable blood sugar, they just make you feel bloated and fat and break out and feel these different kind of issues. So they're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta do a cleanse again because I just feel gross when I eat those foods. Mm-hmm. So then they go back to like juicing or not eating or just water and stay skinny and their stomach feels better for a moment, but then they're still in this body wasting state. So it's really, a tough thing, one, to get over the reasons why you went into it in the first place, but then two, to know, like, to get out of it, you have to, you have to improve your digestion if you're going to find, uh, a diet that's going to work for you and make you feel balanced and stable and get nutrition to you. One thing that I see a lot in certain clients that have been through eating disorders and stuff is they'll get onto a program that just is very conscientious to not restrict anything, like to not tell them not to eat things. Like, don't count calories, don't look at food, just like feel free to be, they just want you to be comfortable in eating and try to get to that point again. And that, that's awesome in that whole approach of trying to get away of all the phobias around foods. Mm-hmm. But it also could be even more useful if they're also doing work to care for their digestion and help those new foods they're trying to eat work well for them. And that may be a necessary stage where they just really indiscriminately let themselves eat what they want to feel comfortable. But ultimately, if you can get kind of through that part and do some work on your digestion, then it, it will eventually be a very helpful thing to learn how your body works and how to support it and study your chemistry. And it's not like a crazy diet you need to go on again. It's learning how to eat foods that will make your body truly healthy and feel good and be lean and Right. And I think that that's the big point is what you hit is that, you know, how do these people stay in this state for so long and get even worse and worse? And it's that catch 22 thing of you need stomach acid to be able to break down your food correctly and pull minerals out so your body can function correctly. But you need those minerals in order to make the stomach acid. So if you get caught, caught in that cycle where you can't break down food and you can't pull minerals out of it, how do you ever fix the digestion? And that's kind of what we teach people how to do. We teach people how to cheat a little bit and uh, create digestion through supplementation so you can kind of kickstart it and then it can kind of get going better on its own. But you can see how people can get stuck in that trap of, you know, maybe one day they do feel like, hey, this is kind of silly for me to do this. I should be giving my body nutrition because they start to learn how, you know, Starving yourself really causes your body to store fat, you know, and it's not until you don't get really skinny until the body's eating yourself completely and you're basically cannibalizing yourself. And that's why you see all this osteoporosis and 
all these other uh, issues that go along with these eating disorders. Um, because since the body's not getting nutrition, it's eating itself. So people can learn those things and that can make sense to them for a minute. Um, but maybe that's just because they happened to get some nutrients that worked for them that day. Oh, uh, I was going to say, when you were talking about like some people go into these treatment things where they say, now you can eat whatever you want just to get you over the phobia, that would seem to me like if you did that and your digestion isn't working, like which I'm sure you were saying as well, um, would be like then they would just bloat and be freaked out and then go right back into it because they're like the fear of, oh, my God, I put on two pounds this week. Because, yeah. they, you know, that seems like that would be counterintuitive for a therapist to do, but they're not focused on the digestion part, of course. They're just focused on the mental, and they probably don't know anything about that. But Right. So it's it's just this cycle that begins, and to get somebody out of it, you need to find ways to um, introduce some nutrients that are very easily to assimilate, easily, easy to quick, like, you know, easy to use, like, uh, sea salt and, you know, maybe some mineral drops and foods that are easy to digest, um, and then help them build up that digestion. Because when fuel starts to go to the brain, we've seen them and we've, you know, we learned about this through the work of George Watson, um, and his book, Nutrition in Your Mind that he was turning around flat-out, full-on schizophrenics um, and making them complete humans. And I've, I've seen this firsthand, too, with clients that turn into a completely different human being if they can get nutrients to the brain and let it function. Mm-hmm. When am I going to turn into a completely different human <laughs> being? You still got yeah. six to eight weeks, I think. She okay. really yeah. hasn't let go of that NBA dream. Yeah. Just right, right. <laughs> someday. <laughs> I'm a... But what's great is that, you know, Kenna thinks that she's a little psycho now, but she doesn't remember what she was like before. Really? (laughs) Uh, I gotta go back and look at that tape. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It'll be good stuff. So, um, maybe let's talk about, uh, bulimia a little bit for a second too. And, you know, I think what happens is, one of the biggest problems is that the world is stuck in this belief of calories in, calories out, extra calories make us fat, and it's just, it's not true at all. And we talk about that in all our books and courses and all that, so we won't go into that too much. But if somebody views that as true and they eat food that they feel bad about eating, then they find that if they just hurl it, that in their mind, okay, now I'm not going to gain weight. Um and I've also talked to some bulimics who who say that it's just this release that makes them feel like everything is okay now. Like they, yes, they did something horrible, but now that they've done this, everything's back on track and they'll be fine. And the damage that can come from all the stomach acid coming back up and, you know, deteriorating all that tissue and teeth and all that kind of stuff is bad in it on its own. But then the fact that you're not getting nutrition can spiral you even further. Hmm. Because what, you know, if somebody eats all this candy and spikes insulin, you know, they can throw it up, but that doesn't mean insulin's down instantly. That takes a long mm-hmm. time to come down and can be telling the body to store fat the whole time. Yeah, and you can get into these patterns for a lot of different reasons, like whether you're just trying to be skinny or it, it can become a habit. Like I remember years ago when I was like... T- when I was 20, I was doing, I, I, I love the body for life diet, but I was doing it for a long time and they have a free day where you eat whatever you want. Right. And I remember like super hardcore, like strict, uh, you know, following of the proclaimed diet or recommended diet during the week. And then I would binge just as hard as I was straight during the week. Uh-huh. And it's like, I started doing it so much that I actually threw up a few times from doing it. And then I was like, this is nuts. I got I didn't mean to throw. I just like literally ate till I got. And then I realized it was easy for me and to throw up. Like I could just do it on call without, I just, I don't know. I'm good at that reflex for some right. reason. And I got in the habit of that. I was like, all right, after a few months, like I got to stop this whole thing. Like this free day thing is not right for me. And it took me months and months, maybe six, eight months to get out of that habit of like whenever I would have any little thing that I thought wasn't good for me. I just uncontrollably binge until I, I threw up. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So there's some patterning that that needs to happen in, 
and restructure the whole thing. So since then, I've, I've led a lot of people on cleanses and group cleanses and things like that. And there's, what I've noticed is when you have this extended period of restriction, it creates this really uncomfortable, un, un, like helpful tension of like feeling restricted and like you're stick to, sticking to this discipline where you're usually fighting against natural cravings that your body's having because you're not getting what you actually need. And then this, this binge period after where you inevitably feel like a failure and feel awful. And I know there's a lot of proponents out there right now that are big fans of like free days or this carb backloading and that kind of thing. But what I've noticed is, and I, I do understand the, the physiology of doing things where you occasionally overeat mm-hmm. or eat more to get your thyroid secretions back up. But what I've noticed is that when people try to follow something too strictly like that, they'll, they'll start to overeat and binge and then they'll feel bad about it and make regressions. And so what I've come to, ex- like, use as my guiding principles for creating healthy eating habits and also feeling free are, I think I made, I, yeah, I made a post about six months ago about this. Um, three guiding principles that I found really useful. And the first one, and this may not be appropriate for everyone, but I found them very useful and a much better approach than like a two-week cleanse or something like that. But the first principle is to hold that nothing's off limits. So it's like the opposite of what you were doing in OA with the trigger food or whatever. Mm-hmm. When you say nothing's off limits, you create all of a sudden this this mental, emotional headspace of freedom. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not on a diet. I'm, mm-hmm. I can do whatever I want. And at first, you may do this splurging thing where you just go out and eat a bunch of donuts, whatever. But you'll get past that and eventually get to a more mature approach where the second principle comes in where you check in. You pay attention, like, how are your choices working for you? Do you feel better after you ate that? Did you like, like, having wine and pizza, like, once or twice a week? Awesome. Like, you know, or is it... And was that fine or is eating donuts every day actually not as fun as you thought it would be? And then, you know, so you're checking in and paying attention. Like, are you overall happier? Are you getting closer to your goals? Does your life look the way you want? Do you have the social life and freedom that you want? And then the third one is to be charmed. So continually choose the things that you're most attracted to. Like, oh, I do like how my brain works when I eat this way and when I don't have that. Or when I occasionally have a treat, whatever it is. So... And following those, you eventually develop this maturity of a place of freedom, uh, an awareness of how your choices are working for you, and a sense of enthusiasm or like, you know, excitement about the choices that you're making because you're, you're letting yourself be reinforced by the positive feedback that you're getting from making choices that really make you happy. And, and I think the one thing that you touched on that I think that we need to really realize is that this, you know, the dysmorphia of the view of yourself and, you know, am I fat? Am I, should I have not eaten that? Or, you know, why can't I eat that type of thing? I think that that is, um, present in all of us. I think that's there for everybody. It's just that some people have it more severely. Like I, there's times where I'm like, oh man, I'm fat. I'm, what? I mean, I'm not fat. There's, there's no, there's no way that I'm fat. Throw your button rehab. Right. Yeah. But, but, but to me, and from where I know my optimal is, there are times where I can have a higher level of fat. And so to me, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm a little fat right now. And so it's not realistic in the realm of the entire planet. But to me, you know, from where I want to be or where I like to be, it can still feel that way. So if, if someone like myself can feel that way, it makes it apparent that, you know, anybody can, you know, it's it's just about how we feel about ourselves. Yeah, is what it is. So and it's everybody has that. Yeah, I know. For me, like I've, I mean, I've lost a lot of weight. I'm still nowhere. You know, I still have a ways to go. I'm not close to my. I'm close to my goal, but I'm not there. But when I see pictures of myself now, I'm like, oh god, I look so disgusting. But then if I like look at a picture from me, like years ago then i'm like wow i can really see the difference but to me i'm and look always, at my ass right now yeah but to me i'm always that same kenna i'm always that same fat kenna even i don't know how i'll feel when i totally get to my goal but that's in my head now and you have to you know fight against that and go you're different now you've changed you don't look like that right and those are the kind of things that 
are great to talk to someone about to、mm-hmm. you know to look at different perspectives and to do the mental and emotional work on that kind of stuff. That's why I think it's a it's a part of the puzzle. It's not something that you just skip.、Mm-hmm. It's just it's a lot、together. of people are looking at it like that's the answer. Like if I just do this, I- I'm going to be okay. And、um, a lot of times you just don't have the resources to to be okay. You need help inside your body. You need to help、yeah. your body. To make the the process easier for you. Yeah, I would have to say I think I've had every single one, every single eating disorder. Because when I was little, I was overweight. My mom sent me to live with my aunt. I lost a load of weight, and then I limited myself to you know a thousand calories a day. Then I learned how I could binge and throw up and take diet pills and diuretics. Laxatives, yeah, laxatives, <laughs> everything that lasted for several years. Then after high school, it was pretty much just like. Overeating, you know, I would just binge and stuff, and the guilt that you were talking about. I liked what you were saying about does this make me feel good and all that because it doesn't matter. I can be great for three months and I decide to have bad something one day. I feel horrible that day. Then I beat myself up and I'm like, it's not even worth it. To I mean, how can you like have that whatever it is and not feel like you're an awful person or you failed, even though you had three months of like being perfect and you lost weight and、mm. right. So that's something. That、uh, you know, we've done a thing before where where we talked about、uh, just go have cupcakes today、mm-hmm. and just do it. Yeah, I liked when and, we were on that, <laughs> <laughs> and then see that you know life did not end. You know,、yeah. everything was okay for you after that.、Um, it didn't deteriorate or self implode or anything like that.、Um, so you have to find things that are right with you. But a lot of people that are trying to do things like that don't are not taking steps. To make that easier for them by giving their body resources, so that a they don't start screaming and for these cravings of all this sugar and junk, so that when they give into that craving, because resources are low and the body's like, hey, I have to have something or I'm gonna not function, and they eat this junk. Now they feel lousy and then they'll go and throw up or whatever kind of pattern is is being developed. So.、Um, If you can give your body the resources it needs, so it's not screaming for that junk so much, now you can eliminate a lot of that binging,、um, so that you don't have to punish yourself when when you do do it. So for people that are dealing with those issues, that's a pretty important step that we see. Yeah, I would also say like there there is、um, I I live and work in LA and see a lot of female clients that are dealing with this issue. And they're so frustrated because nothing sits well. They can't digest food, and they all come in with pretty similar chemistry. And I call it the, the skinny LA girl profile.、Uh-huh. Like, I just know you're gonna have a high urine pH, low blood pressure, fast breath rate, low specific gravity, like all. And you're gonna scream at me once during the appointment. Yeah, right. And you're not gonna be able to remember what I <laughs> say in about forty five minutes right, from now. Right, you're gonna right, have to end the session because you'll be out of blood sugar. Right. <laughs> you know. And the thing is, like, I get you want to be thin and trim. And I also know you can be lean and skinny and still have sanity. Like, you know, you can condition. Like, since I've learned this whole system, I've been able to like pretty easily put on a lot of muscle mass or cut down and be skinnier and still have balanced numbers. You know, so just. And emotions. And emotions, yeah. I don't flip out. My- But do you think guys have the emotions like girls? Because I don't know a lot of guys that are emotionally, you know, crazy all the I time. I think I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it seems like women have that. Yeah, I mean,、more. yeah, and I think it's usually because women tend to try to be skinnier than men. It's true. And there's another thing that's really big, and we've never <laughs> talked about this, but I think that both of you are going to be like, oh yeah,、mm. um, because. The fact is that, except for the binging、uh, eating disorder,、um, the other anorexia and bulimia are very much leaned more towards women. That's just who experiences this、mm-hmm. more is women, and especially younger women.、Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean men can't; they absolutely do. But the percentage is very drastic. Yeah, it's rare. Right. So, but think about what happens. You have this girl that's a young girl, and what shows up for the first time that freaks her out a little her bit?、Period. It's her period. And we've talked about it in a lot of episodes, and in the, our menstrual cramps book, that、um, that period, in order for the body to to do that cycle, that all those functions that happen during that cycle, 
takes a lot of resources to do that. So as that period gets near or that time of the month is showing up, um, the body starts putting a lot of the resources towards that cycle and now the person doesn't have as many resources to go towards their brain, towards their um, letting women their are body screwed. to function. So women are screwed and then women are screwed. Uh, yeah. And, and look, um, you get one good week out of a month. Yeah. I got one so. good week where I'm like, I feel great. <laughs> right. So, so, um, it, you know, it makes sense why this happens so much in young girls because they're at this place where they can function. They can, you know, everything's going okay. Um, and that's why they view this as, oh, some trauma caused this. Because if there is a trauma, that's stress, and stress in the body creates chemicals, it uses resources, it, it lowers the amount of resources that are available for other things, um, and now all of a sudden their digestion starts to go, if their period's showing up, that's even more resources to go towards that. All of a sudden, um, they, their brain is starting to go to that doom and gloom, and am I fat, and all those, you know, if that's the thing they're scared of, that's the thing that shows up, and voila a la peanut butter sandwiches, there's an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. So it, it it's not, I don't view it as, well, women are more emotional. Um, I think that when women are more emotional, if that is the case, I think that there's some reasons for that, you know, including um, I think women need more resources to to allow all that fancy equipment to function. Mm-hmm. Guys just, they got nothing. Yeah, guys have it easy. What? Balls? You don't yeah, need resources to make so your good. balls work. Exactly. <laughs> but before I forget, that whole cheat day thing, too. I mean, which it may work for some people. <laughs> Let's I, go back to that yeah. cheat day. <laughs> but it may work for some people. But when I did that, too, I lost like 40 pounds really quickly. And then it was just like I was getting up at 6 a.m. so I could fit everything I wanted to eat in yeah. that day. Well, and I would put on several pounds in one day because I was literally eating Mexican food, drinks, yeah. cheesecake, pizza. It, it was yeah. just, ugh. Yeah. And I think Will knows that because we, you know, when we see someone with really low blood pressure and, um, a really high urine pH and you know when they eat, uh, sugar or carbs, it's going to spike and crash them. You know, we always do tell people don't do that. But I, I think it, there are people that can benefit from don't be so psycho with yourself. Maybe just relax a little bit and, know that everything's okay and if you have the resources to do that you you can do yeah. that but not Maybe everybody who's does like been healthy pretty much their whole life never really had a problem or issue i mean yeah mm-hmm. I, i'm more like i could think when i get to my place be like a cheap meal or a, yeah. not yeah, a drink I think that's great that's you know? great and it, and it, and it you know the way that i do it is i don't even do a cheat meal i just do a hey a, a scenario showed up where i'm out and there's something that's not optimal, and you're I'm the most perfect anyway. person I've ever met. Though in my <laughs> I've life. now reached my optimal level of nutrition for the day. I mean, I don't live with you, Tony, but I'm around you a lot, and I don't think I've ever met anyone as like perfect. No, I, I I've been I've been showing off a little bit lately. Okay, I, I eat right. some stuff that's you don't not see so what optimal. he eats when you um, yeah, uh-huh. right. There's a box he of cookies out there. Right? <laughs> so there's a donut delivery service. Donut of the month. Um, so we probably should answer some questions. Oh, okay. Because this was good. This was like therapy a little uh-huh, bit. Thanks. Right. I've been wanting therapy <laughs> so we're all for a fixed. while. Mm-hmm. So Mike from Regina Sachikowina. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah, that. yeah, something like that. How do they start? Is it a mental trauma? Well, that's good, Mike, because we just, that, you know, especially with women, what we just talked about, I think that we just answered that for a lot of people. And, uh, but, um, a trauma could be something that sets someone's resources low and could do that. There could be contributing factors of some type of trauma that had to do with food or with someone saying that they were fat or being humiliated like they were fat at a school thing or whatever. You know, something like that could be a factor. But when you hear people talk about things or when they move past it, you'll hear them say, oh, well, I I was bulimic because of this thing that happened to me at school. And I don't believe that it is just that, you know, incident. I think that there's factors that have to be contributing to that as well um, to make everything come together. 
Yeah, it's kind of like the chicken or the egg. I mean, who knows what it was? Maybe low resources. It was the know? chicken. Yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe some bad thing happened that started the thing in your mind, but and then you started the behavior that caused the low resources. And the stress. And the stress well, and all that. Right. I would definitely say, like, I've had clients that were under-eaters with disorders that um, were uh, that are models, and then they, they came to me, they, they fixed themselves, and then they started building too much muscle because they weren't like paying attention to the you know the whole the whole of the story of how uh-huh. to eat and then they they had a big show kind of so they went back to like starving and not exercise just like wasting um so i know that there are like social influences that cannot because i definitely know these people fixed their chemistry and they were functioning they're like i feel amazing you know uh-huh. and then they chose to go back into that because of the their ideal and their profession you know so right and this is something that a lot of people talk about on this subject is that there's so many eating disorders because of the media and the view and what they tell people not the show the view but i mean the view people have on uh what the body should look like now and how we shouldn't be uh showing that to our kids and i think that all of that's a factor but you know let's let's talk about that some i don't i don't think it's the cause but you know i think that it is something that it's something that we have to live with now. It's something that we have to deal with. Um, so maybe someone with less resources will fall susceptible to having that ruin their life, really. Mm. That's huge. And I think that that can totally undermine you because like with me being an actor, um, yes, I want to lose my weight. Then I talked to my agent. He's like, don't get smaller than a six. We don't want you in there with all the skinny girls. There's thousands of them. There's only a few of you. You're taking away your chances. And so with him saying things like that, then that gets in your head. And you're like, oh, my God. So works, you know, I'm not even working really right now, but I'm really going to be shooting myself in the foot. So even mm-hmm. though I know those things are like, no, I feel like whatever, I'm still going to be unique enough, no matter what size I am, that still gets in your head and you still start to think about it. Right. So I think that these, you know, as much as I don't think this is the cause of eating disorders, I think that it is a factor that people have to deal with and can contribute to what's going on because yeah if all those things weren't in the media then maybe that little girl wouldn't create that fear in the first place and it wouldn't be there um but uh if her brain had the resources to function correctly then maybe that fear would not be so magnified to her maybe it would still be important to her to be skinny or to look good but she would not ruin her health in an effort to achieve that Mm-hmm. I blame the media for most things. Sounds cool. Yeah. Tanya from Hoover Heights, Ohio. I've never been skinny and at times did not like my body, especially as a teenager. But I never took such extreme measures to change it. I'm now 53 and love the way I look. We need to love ourselves for who we are. Don't compare yourself to all the Photoshop pics in magazines. Wow. It's like she knew what we were talking about. It is. Or we read her question before yeah. and just decided yeah. to talk about oh, it. Then. Yeah, that's good. That could have happened. Yeah. We're doing a little backwards. Like we keep mm-hmm. talking about yeah. things and then we the should question do the questions out. first and then talk this about it. This is like, maybe. what was that movie uh, where everything was backwards? Uh, Memento? Uh, Memento, yeah. yeah. John from New Weston, Ohio. What exactly is a gluten disorder? False. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lie. That up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't even know what you're talking about unless you're talking about a gluten intolerance yeah. or. Yeah, or something. But I only uh, you binge on gluten. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I have gluten, I throw up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but I so I don't think that really is there. John. Maybe he but, meant yeah, gluten intolerance. Like yeah. So that's. Yeah. The, but if that's yeah, so if you're talking about gluten intolerance, then let's do our food sensitivity show and we talk about that a lot and stuff like that. Cool. So Shane, I can't eat. When I do, I throw up. My girlfriend thinks I have ulcers. I eat maybe four times a week. I've lost 80 pounds in the past six months. Mm. Yeah, wow. that's, not, that's not optimal if you're not trying. No. Yeah, so um, you need to head over to a different show, too. We, we're just having people show up for different shows, I think. <laughs> um, but I don't, don't view what's going on with you as an eating disorder just because you're throwing up and, and people with an eating sort of throw up. Um, there's probably some issues going on. Uh, with digestion for sure and maybe liver function and toxicity. But um, listen to our two-part show on digestion, and we have another one on nausea, right? 
Yeah, we just did one on nausea. Mm-hmm. Um, so find those on uh, at kick for search for kick it naturally on iTunes and you'll find those shows. And we, we go into that in a lot of depth and you're going to be able to find answers for that. Yeah. Uh, we don't find very many people with situations like that that can't turn it around. Yeah. And you, you should definitely go through our free digestive issues course. Yeah. On kick it in the nuts.com. Yeah. So you yeah. understand like you, when you do eat, like what, what's off in your stomach, your stomach may have, ulcers but if you're throwing up all the time you probably have more esophageal ulcers like in your throat and stuff but if you do have ulcers they weren't they they were likely caused from bacteria which could be what's keeping your digestion from working and making all the food that you eat become fermented and rotting and toxic and so your body's like hey guess what i don't want this and I'm you just send made it back. a bunch of bulimics jealous. Right. Because yeah. you're just able to do it and lose 80 pounds in six months. <laughs> so, Janua. I'm eating more healthy foods during mealtimes, but never getting big. I'm still skinny. Well, good for you. <laughs> that was my problem when I was little. I was like 98 pounds. I oh, ate right. nine egg omelets and oh bring steak in a bag. Any, and trying to do anything you could. Two big bubbly pee. Yeah, weight gainer shakes. So you know, for guys, being skinny is just like but girls it's just for as being hard. fat. I, I hated it just as much as anybody that was overweight was. It was still traumatic, and some kids shoved me down once. Aww. Yeah. I'll go I kick really their butt. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, I... I think the thing that really helped me finally gain weight was not only like growing, I don't know how old you are, Joanna, but fixing your digestion is really important so you can actually digest the foods that you're eating. Because probably if you're staying skinny and you're eating a lot, you're probably just not absorbing those nutrients. Right. You're probably not breaking down the protein into what, you know, the amino acids that can be building blocks to build more tissue and muscle Mm -hmm. and such. All right. Caroline. Caroline. Carol. <laughs> Carol Ann. Go to the light, Carol Ann. Uh, Mike, with me, it was a combination of being an overweight child and trauma. So she was just answering Mike up there. Uh, Tiffany, there is such a thing as being skinny and unhealthy. And those who are not real thin to be healthy, the goal should not be what you see on a scale, but what is best for your body. Body images are definitely skewed over here. If you consider being told from an early age that your body is supposed to be picture perfect, this goes for both males and females, and you are human, so your body developed it developed a different way than people tend to get self-conscious instead of accepting who they are. If everyone was the same, life would be boring. See, I think all these things are like so, 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 so true. And I think that it is important that we start to get this message out there that, you know, people are doing it a lot now that just, you know, understand who you are. That's what counts. It's not about as long as you're healthy. what your body looks like. Size yeah. two or right, yeah, as long as, as, long as you're healthy yeah. and skinny. <laughs> and look like this. But, you know, no, people, the conversation is starting up. And I think that's important to, for us to have out there. But, um, I don't like it when people do it in relation to, I'm going to talk like this. Because this is what causes all the eating disorders. I think that it's just a factor. Yeah, and I don't like it when really big girls act like they're totally okay when I know they're not. Like, I know them personally. And then they act like, this is me. This is me. I'm beautiful. I'm totally happy. I'm blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, you're not. You cry every time you get drunk about it. <laughs> you know, that. and I like, don't put that out there either. Yes, it's great to be okay with how you look and to love yourself no matter what size. But if you're unhealthy, you don't feel good. And that's not good to put out there either to get seriously overweight because that stresses everything in, in your the system. Body. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you, when you look at like obesity, when you're in an actually obese state, you can look at it like other symptoms like you have osteoporosis or dangerously high low density lipid like cholesterol is like mm-hmm. it's not okay like you know mm-hmm. from like a survival standpoint like you know aesthetically whatever you know that takes a, all yeah, kinds whatever right? floats your boat but if you have like health issues causing you to have actual mm-hmm. obesity it's we're not saying like oh it's you're ugly we're saying like oh that's dangerous for you to it have, is and you know? i think the myth the the confusion comes in because a very obese person can go to the doctor and they can get their blood work done and their blood work will come back perfect and the doctor will say, you're healthy, so don't worry about it. The problem is that if you are obese, overweight, um, there are things going wrong that, and your body is dealing with those things 
by shoving stuff into fat cells and by uh, being in a state where the body stores more fat. And yes, it is, it, you, you still have the ability to compensate and to keep your blood in a healthy, good range that shows up on blood tests. But in the background, behind the curtain, the wizard is really freaking out. And there's a lot of stuff that needs to be working better. Um, and then when it is, you'll drop that weight. Mm-hmm. Arsh deep. We've had ours deep before. Nailing all (laughs) It sounds like you're just making up names. Ass deep. Arsh deep. No matter how much I eat, every time it results in an increase in my tummy fat. Is that a problem? Another one where we just answered that. Yeah. Mm, Boom. Okay. I I I can consolidate, actually. Liss Ann. There's a lot of Anns. Carol's and Liss Anns. What? Is it possible that you had an eating disorder before and it may return? I'm in therapy and, and take meds. The meds make it impossible for me to skip breakfast, for example. They instantly make me dizzy if doing so. I'm scared it may come back. Well, I think breakfast is a good idea for everybody, but that's just me. Right, yeah, so she's saying that if she skips breakfast, she gets that the dizzy. meds make yeah, her yeah, dizzy yeah, yeah, yeah. instantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, of course, we don't know what meds she's on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think don't view it as you caught some disease and it might come back. You know, it's it's not the reality of what's going on. The reality is that the behavior is being uh, created by what's going on in your body. So if if you look at your physiology, you may be able to figure out some things that are really wrong um, and if you could correct them, it might even be a situation where not only does it not come back, but you may you may remove your need for the meds and the therapy. You know, I, I've had clients who were going to therapy for over a decade just for their cravings. That was all they went to for. And in two weeks after fixing digestion, they didn't have cravings anymore. So what did like, they oh. talk about for 10 years? Uh, pizza? Pizza and ding-dongs. <laughs> I have, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, yeah, look, look at your physiology. And we, in our four week free course on digestion, we teach you how to look at simple tests like blood pressure and pHs and stuff like that. And just the way you, your body's breathing. And, um, it can give you indications of what's maybe going wrong. And then we can show you steps you can take to fix it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I know certain big groups, I know certain big groups have, like fundamental positions that like once you're an addict, you're always an addict. I, I don't, I don't know how, I guess obviously that's working in some way or it feeds an addictive personality where they get to keep coming to meetings forever. (laughs) (laughs) So they get to stay, I guess. But for me, just existentially, like, and physiologically, that's a very disempowering false Mm -hmm. position. Right. I, 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 yeah. Um, my That's own, another reason why yeah. I didn't want to go because I didn't want to say that to myself. Every day. Every day. Right. You're an addict. You're this. You're that. Mm-hmm. You've got a problem. Yeah. You know? And I, I get like there can be biochemical dependencies on things and even patterns of eating. Even genetics to a certain degree, maybe. Yeah. But you can, you can even shift genetic expression, mm-hmm. you know? Right. You, you can definitely shift your body chemistry and its responses to food. And if you're looking at like, okay, this, this person, Presently is in a biochemical, like cyclical pattern with this eating, with this eating pattern that can be shifted. And when it is shifted and you have a different biochemical response to food, can you say you're not addicted anymore? Or are you going to hold on to that little staff and say, no, you're always going to be addicted? Right, right. Um, and that becomes their identity. Right. I'm an addict. Like that's everything. They're modern. Um, um, you got it. Oh, okay. Hello. Mul- oh, Raphael, my eating disorder is I eat too damn much. Mm-hmm. So right. we didn't talk about binging a whole lot, but maybe we should just hit real quick, um, sum up in a few, few uh, beats, Will. In four words. You know, four yeah, in, in four words and <laughs> one uh, chorus of a song, any song you want that is appropriate. Um, why do we have these cravings that cause us to unexplainably eat stuff? Can't get... No satisfaction. <laughs> nice. <laughs> right? Nice. Four words, <laughs> chorus of the song. 100 points. When you given. can't digest your food, you can't get satisfied by the nutrients that should be in it, so you'll just keep eating. 
Right. So oh, like I'm really game. proud of that. So don't look at it as like you're a sugar holic. You know, it's it's not the reality. The reality is that your body doesn't want uh, crackers and pizza. What it wants is nutrients. And when your body's not getting nutrients, it will scream for these simple sugars because it can use them in a quick pinch. And, and it's easier for your body to break down these simple sugars. So that's what it screams for. But yeah, that might be a good idea. When you have a craving to go, my body wants nutrients, my head wants pizza, and say, do what your body needs. Right. Compromise. Try Sprinkle coffee, some yeah. vitamins on top of pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Stuff some beet flow in your pizza. <laughs> but it's, it's a lot more complicated than that. So listen to our cravings and, and binge eating uh, episode to get all those details. All right. Melissa from Hanford, California. I've been eating so healthy that now when I do indulge or have a cheat meal, I feel so guilty that I eat less the following day and overdo it at the gym. You know, and when you look at what they consider eating disorders and uh, anorexia and bulimia, it's not just that maybe I'm not eating or I'm throwing it up. They they categorize that maybe a person eats something that they shouldn't have and then they go and exercise way more than they should or um, don't eat for days, or they take, you know, way too many laxatives. They view the laxative situation as just as bad. And if you're doing the laxative situation, it's it's not the way to be skinny. It's just, mm. it, it, you're just seeping the poop out faster. You're just changing the way your body gets rid of stuff, but you're not absorbing any of those nutrients. Mm. Yeah, and I know there's, just to reiterate again, I know there's a lot of proponents out there about, cheat meals and having cheat days and it's a really normal practice um, and they and they'll usually back it up with some science saying oh this is good because it keeps your metabolism up i think a really if you want to look a little deeper into that a really mature balanced approach to that was presented by rob fagan in his natural hormone enhancement book mm-hmm. where he talks about a couple times a week like three or four days apart having a higher starch meal at dinner and that resets your, your thyroid. And that's, this is always, you know, with a grain of salt, cause it all depends on the individual's chemistry. But if you're looking at like the metabolic effect that people are usually after with the cheat meal, that pattern of eating where you have some, like, some complex starches a couple times a week in reason is a way to keep your metabolism up. And it's m- much better than binging on anything you want for a whole day for the reasons we've already talked about. Right. And keep in mind that like Rob Fagan and other people that do this type of method are also eating very low carb the rest of the week and they're allowing insulin levels to come very low uh, and allow the body to dig into fat stores. Mm -hmm. So it's not just eat the way you're eating now and then throw a pizza on once a week. That's not going to be effective for you. Yeah, it's a whole system. Lois. I devolved, I devolved bulimia whilst I was in the Australian Army. I suffered a serious career-ending injury, and I knew if I was super skinny, I would get sympathy and hopefully keep my job and not get medically discharged. When you suffer an injury in the forces, it's okay to be skinny and injured. However, if you're fat or slightly overweight with a serious injury, you're regarded as a veggie. That of a person left in a vegetative state after a serious accident. I'm not sure how the system works now. However, that's how it was when I was in the Australian Army. This worked for me for three years. However, in the end, was medically discharged. Now I'm fat due to chronic depression, LOL. That's not, crazy. I guess you're not that depressed. You got yeah. LOL. Yeah, yeah. On it. Oh, she had a good laugh that day. Yeah. You know, I don't... The, the part that stood out to me the most was I don't, I don't know that Australia had an army it just seemed like everybody yeah. likes australia yeah. like did they, they ever didn't even, fight did, i don't yeah. think they they ever get upset with anybody yeah, I, I don't war? picture them needing to be yeah. so that was interesting to they me they just I, drink beer and hang out with kangaroos yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it just seems like everybody wants to go there and uh-huh. vacation and uh-huh. nobody's uh-huh. mad at them i would be in the swiss army yeah <laughs> <laughs> did you get a knife yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. fancy good. one um, but he has a serious thing. That's kind of sad, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're overweight, you're considered a oh, veggie. it's awful. Yeah, it's, that's kind of... horrible troop morale. But so now he's in like a... When you do starve yourself like that, you're shutting down your digestion. And then when you do try to go back to eating, you're not going to be able to metabolize the foods you want. So you end up getting sick, fat, and tired for all the reasons we normally talk about. So you need to start by focusing on fixing your digestion and then learn how to eat in accordance with your body chemistry. So you might want to 
check out, we have a full 12 week course on fat loss where we take you through that process, which might be a really helpful thing. Right. And cause keep in mind that also when you do starve yourself, um, you're also, your body's like, Oh, I'm starving. So I'm going to shut down all of these processes that I do normally that are not the number one priority. Um, and I'm going to start storing stuff as fat in case I have even less tomorrow because I need, I need emergency backup fuel. And so you just kind of cause yourself to actually gain weight when you do that. And then when you do start eating food again, your body's still in this, I'm reserving everything mode and it's your metabolism basically generally speaking, will be much slower. Even when I'm like eating healthy and I'm, you know, eating very clean and I'm losing weight and stuff, if I do throw a kink in there and have something bad, it seems like I gain weight really fast. And you've told me that because everything's coming out of the blood stream. Well, like if someone is obese, Mm -hmm. they are a toxic individual. Mm -hmm. Something is going on. They're a veggie. (laughs) Um, No, but uh, so... Once they start eating right and correcting some things and helping their liver to actually function and remove waste, now the body's like, okay, all this junk I've been storing in fat cells, I can start pulling some of that out so that it can be removed from the body now because the coast is clear. Toxins Mm -hmm. are not coming in on a consistent basis anymore. The coast is clear. I can do some maintenance work. So now they pull junk out of the fat cells and, you know, it starts to, it has to circulate through the bloodstream in different areas so that the liver can filter it out. And if it's in the process of doing that and you throw toxins in again, now you got the toxins the body was trying to remove and the toxins Bust you just put that. in and it becomes overwhelming and then the body's like, ah, reverse engines, we got to go back to what we were doing before and hurry it up with it. But once you get to your ideal weight and you have lower reserves of fat, then it can And your body is not so toxic. Yeah, exactly. And it's much better at removing junk. You know, our body is made to handle that some. We can put some junk in and the body can handle that if we're at a state to where it's functioning at a level that it can do that. Yeah, because I really want some squirt cheese. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> squirt cheese it up. <laughs> All so, right. Let's say this. If you have an eating disorder, know that you can you can improve the situation and it doesn't have to be through just viewing it differently. You can help your body function better so it's easier to view the situation differently. And if you're listening to this because you have a loved one that's dealing with uh, an eating disorder, know that, you know, they really have to want to improve. I, I Unless you're sneaking stuff into their body intravenously while they sleep or something, I don't know how to get nutrients into them if they're not willing to take steps. And I think most people are, but just know that the best step you could take is to educate yourself how the body is really supposed to work because they'll probably let you look at their blood pressure and pHs and they'll probably let you, uh, let's look at what your physiology is. And then if it is in a place where it's obvious that they need help, then you can take the next step to see if you can work towards helping them take those steps in fixing digestion, et cetera. And if that doesn't work, hit them over the head, tie them up, and make them listen to this podcast. Yeah, McKenna has good sense. But even that, you know, people could listen to this and be like, oh, that makes sense. But still, in a moment when the brain is at looking at the worst possible scenario, it's still going to, everything's going to be doom. And they're still going to be more afraid of gaining weight than anything else. And so... You really have to find ways to get the little steps in there. Maybe some sea salt is the first step, just to get some mineral in there to help the body function. Mm. But uh, just know that it may not be overnight. You may need to take little steps and build up to it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, sometimes people have, like, vindictive reasons even for taking on eating disorders, like to hurt their parents or something like that. Sure. But I think there are a lot of them that are aesthetically motivated and then biochemically reinforced. Right. When, you're, when you're out of balance, you keep thinking weird patterns and it mm-hmm. keeps out. So what you're saying is really great where if you can work, do work just to balance your body chemistry and, and, you know, get your brain able to function right and your emotions able to feel just, you know, untriggered, then you can start to look at yourself more rationally. And when you do that same work, you'll start to feel better when you eat foods. Like you won't feel gross. You won't get as bloated. You'll start to have more energy. You'll start to be able to have lean tissue muscle, or lean muscle mass and lose fat by doing all this, which is a big like 
chunk of the goal behind a lot of those aesthetically motivated eating disorders. And, and you know, I will say this, that I, I, I have had a client in the past that um, had an eating disorder and her digestion was really poor and her blood pressure was very low and she would get very constipated, but she didn't feel like she had an eating disorder. She was not to the point where she could either see that or admit it or any of that stuff, but she hated being constipated. So I just geared all the efforts towards let's fix your constipation. And of course, to do that in a lot of cases, you have to fix digestion. And we fixed digestion and eliminated and improved the constipation. That digestion then helped pull minerals out of the food so that she could function better and think better and, and was able to improve the underlying eating disorder as well. So maybe sometimes if they're not willing to accept accept that they need help with the, dis- eat, the eating disorder, maybe they have another issue that they just hate, and you can just say, well, let's just work on that instead. Yeah. Do you want to just not be bloated and constipated? Yeah. yeah. yeah I'll do that. Yeah. You yeah, want I'll to do grow that. your hair back and right. you just <laughs> dumb lines? to fix bloating, you have to fix digestion to do that. You have to fix stomach acids. So um, when you do that, you may also accidentally fix the ability for the body to have resources. Mm-hmm. Cool. We got any more boys or? I got nothing. All right. Well, if you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the free four-week digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com. You can also check out Will's uh, bodyofknowledge.net. My body of knowledge. My bodyofknowledge.net. And, um, and if you heard anything in this show that you like, go back to iTunes and uh, leave us a review because that helps us spread the word. Exactly. All right. Until we... S- Talk again. We will. Bye.